0: At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com
1: or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts.
0: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick 'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100, get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
1: I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks
0: Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast on another Victory Wednesday. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And the Yankees are in the playoffs, as they were on Sunday, and now lead the Blue Jays for second place by four games, with just five games remaining. Last night's 12-1 victory was the win we all needed. We're going to be talking about that game and Garrett Cole locking himself into playoff mode. That was his final regular season start, the last time you will see him before game one of the Wild Card Series, and he looked pretty great. We're going to be talking about the playoff uh, jockeying for position, who it looked like we're gonna get and why you should be a little more scared of the twins than you think uh some roster crunches coming up in october with the taxi squad should we move adam on up in the trust street and a little bit of weirdness last night with tyler lyons but remember to find us on apple podcasts please subscribe drop us a five-star review there spotify google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast you will find us and we would love to hear from you there Thomas, uh, obviously the Yanks were already in the playoffs before last night, and it didn't really matter, but it was also a situation where the next win they got at any point in time was kind of the last one that mattered, and luckily they got it out of the way before their final five games of the year, and we can sort of kind of not take the foot off the gas pedal, but cruise a little bit.
1: Yeah. uh, We're probably going to – it's looking like we're probably going to face the Twins. That's that's just what it's going to be. Wins are still good at this point because – Someone could crap the bed and seatings could change. You never know. The AL Central is super, super tight right now. Um, you got the Twins and the White Sox uh, separated by a half game for first place. The Indians are three games back, so not saying that uh, that's likely, but it's also not impossible. Um, let's see here. Who do the Twins have to finish out the year? The Twins have the Reds to finish out the year, it looks like. So that really doesn't matter. That's actually kinda good, cool, Yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool. And the White Sox have the uh, White Sox-Indian series would be sick to end the year. Nope, White Sox-Cubs to end the year. Um, White, White Sox, Sox and Indian Indians are playing right, right now. now. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the Indians will have, drum roll, please, Pirates. So this could get interesting. This could get interesting. But, uh, yeah, expect the Yankees to remain where they are. Um, and also, like, like we were just saying, don't just think because we're playing the Twins, it's going to be another playoff cakewalk. Twins are pretty good. Um, they have uh, probably the best, uh, I guess, pitching staff they've had uh, ever since making the postseason and facing us. Uh, the trades they made in the offseason were pretty good. Uh, getting Kenta Maeda, who's been um, a consistent force for them. Uh, Michael Pineda our old guy somehow just doing stuff that's okay uh, very aggravating Um, and Rich Hill pretty solid and obviously Jose Barrios so um, this is the way it's going to be start gearing up for it don't get too cocky because there's still four games left here and uh, five games left here and um, we can't take our foot off the gas pedal Um, also one quick thing is this actually Cole's final appearance I know he's not going to start on Sunday but is is he going to pop in and and do his throw day that 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 was previously speculated was anything mentioned on that
0: I wonder I mean nobody's talked about it except for Jack Curry who like Jack Curry is right if you're looking for like trade rumors or or buzz or free agent signings Jack Curry's when he tweets a hunch it's like often educated information that's like that's Mm a tip like Jack Curry will usually tweet something and be like gotta wonder about like this guy as a fit in free agency like seems like the stats line up or whatever. And you're like, Oh, that is kind of interesting. And then they get signed like eight hours later, like Curry's <laughs> usually tweeting from an educated place and couching it as just speculation that he's coming up with. And he's the one who tweeted that maybe Cole and Tanaka would use their throw days as, as like one or two winning stints against yeah. the Marlins in that final series. Uh, nobody mentioned it yesterday. They all kind of did the farewell to Garrett Cole tour. Um, he finished the year with uh, if, if that's the end for Cole in the regular season, Got that record up to seven and three. Not the record, it's the most important thing in the universe. But you know that's good. Probably not what you expected when he when they lost three straight. Garrett Cole starts a couple weeks ago. Got the ERA all the way down to two eight four. It was up at three nine one during his most unfortunate stretch of the year. And he had all those unearned runs and that Orioles meltdown. So a lot of the uh, negative trends for Cole uh, trended positively. Um, we're going to talk about Cole in a second, but I do want to mention some, uh, some twins, uh, you know, breathe in, breathe out meditation. Just I I do want to look Yankee fans in the eye right now and say that at some point in history, the Minnesota twins are going to beat the New York Yankees in the postseason. It it will happen. And if, when it happens, it's going to be okay. Um, that they have matched up an inordinate amount of times. There's a stat that there, there are only three matchups in professional sports history where the teams have matched up, I believe, six or more times in postseason series, and one of the teams is undefeated. Uh, One of them is Yankees-Twins, and one of them is Lakers-Nuggets, which is ironically also happening right now. And the other was a hockey thing that, uh, who cares, uh, the Edmonton Moose Rats versus the Ice Boys, I don't know. Um, But the, the Yankees and Twins, all of their matchups have been extremely recent. Like it's crazy that they've built up such a high volume and they're one of only, you know, three playoff matchups for this to be the case. And they've met in 2003, 4, 9 10, the wild card game and last year. Uh, So 17 and 19, like that's all from 2003 to present. So that's a ton of carnage packed into a really short amount of time. I thought last year was going to be the year that the twins overcame us. I'm going to be honest. And it did sort of change my view on this because that was, the, that was the best Twins team. I, I mean... Really good Twins uh, team. That was a great Twins team and kind of a slapdash Yankee team. That, that Twins team did what we did better. They hit more home runs, you know, than we did during the regular season. And then suddenly the October lights come on and, and it's a three-game sweep again. And Randy Dobnak, the Uber driver, starting game two. So no, nothing really makes sense when it comes to Yankee-Twins, but I assure you they are going to put up a fight. And one of these years, it's not going to be so easy. And, you know, when you think about it, why wouldn't it be harder in this pandemic season where the Yankees won't get a home game probably in all likelihood and all they have to do is you know the the winning team in this first round has to win two that's it uh pretty it's the easiest task the Twins will ever have ahead of them when they face the Yankees in the postseason if it does indeed happen uh they're nipping at the White Sox heels right now so there is there is a honest to goodness chance that those two flip and the Yankees have to go to Chicago to face the upstart White Sox uh the clubs are playing
1: bad baseball right now though
0: And they clinched, though, so you you don't know. Um, But uh, every day when the Twins win and the White Sox lose, White Sox got walked off by the Indians yesterday. It sort of increases the likelihood of the flip and and us getting to face Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert and uh, Giolito, which, you know, uh, nobody wants to play those guys just because they're the narrative. They're like the AL Padres. Everybody who's impartial kind of wants to see them move through the postseason. So. Uh, Either one's going to be a challenge, and don't trick yourself into the White Sox being scarier than the Twins. The Twins are also pretty scary, and that's all I have to say. Um, But it is worth dissecting Garrett Cole yesterday. Uh, If this is the end for Cole, uh, he's coming into the playoffs. with He's coming to the playoffs both chugging, you know, he's on fire, and with a strange, unfortunate gap. Uh, You know, you've got Cole on Tuesday, and you're not going to see Cole again until Tuesday. Um, So weird, um, for a guy whose rhythm seems to be of utmost up- importance to him, but there's really no other way around it unless you're going to do the throw day like Jack Curry speculated, uh, which I don't hate. You know, it, it, for me, it just depends on what Cole wants to do. Um, but yesterday, another great start. Got the O's, O's, Blue Jays, Blue Jays for his last four. Uh, the game which he unraveled in Baltimore was the first one, then the complete game seven-inning shutout in the first half of the doubleheader where he sort of reestablished his dominance. And then back-to-back uh, seven-inning one-run games with five or fewer batters to reach base uh, with a certain number of Ks. Uh, and the no Yankee has done that back-to-back since Ron Guidry in 81. Uh, and Cole did it against the Jays twice, once at home, and then once in this horrible stadium in Buffalo where, you know, clearly a hitter's park. The ball gets out in the gaps like crazy. The infield, the, the grounders scoot through that infield. I don't know what the deal is with uh, this minor league stadium. Oh, wait, yes, I do. It's a minor league stadium and they'll never play there again. Um, but Cole sort of tamed the dragon. Uh, and he he definitely, you know, A, looked like himself for these last three starts and is as ready as you're going to get him. Uh, and B, did it with Kyle Higashioka, which is some people are going to have to get used to because that's going to be game one.
1: It's happening. It's for sure happening. And uh, I don't know why people are complaining about it. Higgy keeps getting hits when he's in the lineup and it's fine. I know Gary Sanchez has looked good as of late. Um, but you can't bank on the guy to just all of a sudden go on a tear because that would be irresponsible. Uh, That hasn't happened in, you know, almost two years now. Um, But, yeah, nonetheless, this is exactly what we want to see for Garrett Cole. This is what he's paid for. I know that it's, yes, it's Orioles, Orioles, Blue Jays, Blue Jays for his final four, but his job is to mow down these guys and completely demoralize these inferior opponents, and that's exactly what he's doing over his last 27 innings, three earned runs, 14 hits, 34 strikeouts. That's exactly what you want. He pitched – he threw over 100 pitches in three of those four starts. Um, Eight out of his 12 starts this year, he's thrown over 100. So this guy is ready for the postseason. He is – his stamina is there. His confidence is there. His emotional expression is there. We saw him, like we talked about on Monday, celebrating in the dugout after the home run. Last night he lets out a woo when he gets out of a jam um, when he's running off the mound. Things that you need to see gets the first kind of – uh, happenings of that with him in pinstripes because um, admittedly his start did not get off well if through his first eight starts he led the home uh, AL and home runs allowed with 12 people were getting a little bit worried I was one of them uh, wasn't worried for the long term but just worried like okay we're in a shortened year if he doesn't get back on track soon then we're actually probably going to get bounced in the first round or might not even make the playoffs because at that point we were Covering the 500 mark, and then, you know, before we went on the 10-game win streak. So a uh, lot of concerns to have. Uh, not a healthy way to live in the 60-game season because there's not enough cushion to, I guess, um, make up for lost time. But here we are, Garrett Cole. We're going to see a Yankees ace take game one of the playoffs, and this is the first time since probably we signed CC Sabathia that we have a guy who we ostensibly at this moment can trust to start game one of a postseason series and get the job done or an elimination game of a postseason series Um, and regardless of who he's faced on the road to that he's gotten himself to where he wants to be in terms of confident in terms of honing in his stuff he's still throwing 99 in the seventh inning like that's that's that is tremendous for when the postseason comes around this is what you need you need him still pumping that fastball late in the games and taking down the lineup and preserving the bullpen as long as we can, because the bullpen an entire other discussion. Well, if, if, and when we get to the ALDS no days off and then no days off in the ALCS. So it's going to essentially be like the regular season and Cole's going to have to pitch on short rest. If we're in one of those series, especially if it's uh, an elimination game in the ALDS, if he goes game one in the ALDS, he's on short rest for game five. Um, So I love where he's at mentally. I love where he's at physically. I like how he's been stretched out and Aaron Boone, I guess after pulling him early, that one start where Cole flipped out in the dugout, probably learned his lesson to never do that again. Don't do it again. Don't do it again in the playoffs either. Um, but yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Uh, I'm so glad he's rebounded. Like I said, would love to see this against a, uh, superior postseason lineup. Um, especially a team like the twins. Very good. One of the best home run hitting teams in the league. um, and we're gonna get there in now six days. So exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it could have been worse. It it could have been worse for Cole. Like we complain about the extra rest. It's probably weird. Like who knows if he wants it or not? But it could have been they they mentioned last night on the broadcast that if they needed to win games in the Marlin series to get into the postseason, they would have used Cole in that series, which like at that point, I don't even like, do you even want to watch the the wild card series of Cole like can't start or like can't pitch till game three like I don't know I I think that'd be be fun man that that sucks
1: that'd be so much fun
0: dude oh gross 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 like Jordan Montgomery in game one against Rich Hill like I guess (laughs) yeah sure or floats your boat weird weird stuff uh but yeah none of these none of these uh rotations in the American League are that deep um it's kind of going to be super strange no matter who makes the ALDS you know both rosters are going to be equally strained, except for the Rays, who can throw endless, you know, confusing, creative players at you. But everybody else has the same disadvantage, uh, and the Rays' disadvantage is that they can't hit as much as the other teams in the American League. So we shall see. I mean, I don't know. I, I, if there, Nothing would make more sense than the Rays winning the World Series in this stupid season um with you know no home field advantage anyway because they're not playing in in their stupid uh termite infested weird shark pit uh they're actually going to go to beautiful ballpark in arlington or or los angeles or and play their home games at dodger stadium congrats um but everything else is lining up pretty well and the extra rest is is only a problem if you make it a problem uh so if you're thinking about it going into his postseason start then it becomes an issue in the back of your mind but if you're not and you treat it like a normal start, I'm sure Garrett Cole is going to be adequately prepared. Um, Also sort of falling into a rhythm, by the way. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the infinity high sports bra now at ua.com. FYI ahead of the postseason, Gio Urshela looks great. Uh, Gleyber Torres took the glasses off in Tuesday night's game for whatever reason. He's a, he's a king of superstition. He still looks great. Uh, And Aaron judge uh, swinging the bat for the first time, uh, really looking locked on in Tuesday night's game went three for five, and hit uh, his second hardest exit velocity single of the year in the first inning. Uh, and if there was one really positive sign from the 12-1 beatdown, that would never end. By the way, like I don't know if anybody actually made it to the eighth inning of that game, but Chase Anderson was in, and he just kept stepping off the mound and looking at Gio Urshela at second base as if in a you know an 8-1 game, Gio Urshela was like, I gotta steal third on Chase Anderson, like psycho and if you're looking to improve the game of baseball and speed it up rob manford you should probably just tell your pitchers to stop doing that exact thing it was horrible um, and or, or, review, or the reviewing game. a home run down nine <laughs> one yeah, it's, it's either 10-1 or 11-1 charlie montoya was like Can we get a closer look at this kyle Gashioka line drive yeah great and then of course the the blue jays stormed immediately back oh no i'm sorry they did nothing didn't put anybody on base for the next two innings got it um but uh, judge, judge looks ready. Like he, he really does. And that was, uh, something I needed to see from that game and that I actually wasn't sure I would, cause he looked so bad the first couple games. Uh, and even having him in the lineup looking terrible did lengthen the lineup somewhat, but yeah, you want him looking good. And, uh, you know, he's not lifting the ball as much as he should be with authority yet. Uh, but that will come. And I know that because of last night.
1: Yeah, he's uh, the, the the swings uh, made me confident about his turnaround this last week. He was just he wasn't trying too hard. He was just swinging, trying to, you know, keep keep a, a level plane. Um, he was keeping his eye on the ball. He was driving through it. Um, he looked bad. Uh, did he have three strikeouts in his his first return? I think he was he looked like what are you going to do? He's been out. He had he came back. He was injured. He came back. He immediately went back on the shelf. So that had to do something to him mentally. Um, And then they were super careful with him on the second IL stint. So Um, whatever the time off, as long as he held, he's running, he's running and he's not getting hurt. So that's cool. He dug out another, uh, I think first to first to home on an Aaron Hicks triple last night. Yep. So, uh, I I mean, if we're worried about his lower body, it seems to be okay for now. Um, It is nerve-wracking to watch him run the bases. He stole the other night. I almost literally shit myself. Uh, Why are we stealing with Aaron Judge in any game that's not the postseason? But whatever. Um, If he feels comfortable doing it, I will take it. Everything's all right now. But, yeah, last night was a turning point in terms of him getting a little bit more comfortable at the plate. Uh, that being said, I'd love to face Tanner Roark, uh, every day. Uh, the Yankees just continue to shell him. Um, he's got pretty much nothing interesting in terms of his pitches and maybe that helped that helped judge see a couple more. Um, although he did, he did get to the bullpen as well. So, um, nonetheless, and as you were saying about Gio and Glaber things that I expect, you know, Gio is Gio's just fire, dude. He's just ready. He, he wants it. Um, that's all I could say about the guy it, it, all around, just always coming through when you need it, defense, offense, whatever. And Glaber's been getting back on track. Not sure why he took the glasses off, got worried after that first at bat. He kind of looked lost. Uh, but then he didn't need him for uh, for the rest of the way, and he, and he managed to produce. So get his defense on track a little bit more. I think he could tighten up a few things there, and this, this is going to be a dangerous team. Dangerous team come next week. Come next Tuesday.
0: You want to talk comebacks, too. I do want to mention Adam Adovino briefly, who, for some reason, I mean, look, for some reason, I'm not naive. I I know why he has fallen down the trust tree a little bit, and it has to do with uh, inheriting Chad Green's bases loaded uh, in the 6-2 lead game a a couple weeks ago now and failing to record an out, and just getting absolutely bludgeoned to the point where his ERA was up to, I believe, 7.62. But it does merit mentioning that since then the Yankees have – treated him with kid gloves. Uh, he has by and large, not allowed runs, mostly not in, in tight game situations, although he got into a few in the O's series, he, he was entrusted with, with tight situations. Uh, and, and overall his, his ERA is now under six uh, after last night's small step, but it, it shows no one's going to be more affected by small sample size than relievers this year. Uh, he's essentially thrown a month and a half and to have an ERA in the fives, certainly not what you want but most of it emanates from just about the worst relief outing you will ever see. Um, he has now not allowed a run in 18 of 22 relief appearances this year. That's pretty good. And, and if, if he had allowed one or two runs in the Toronto game, we, we would never be talking about it. Um, and if he had honestly, you know, if he had shown up in October last year too, we wouldn't be talking about it either, but it's sort of the double whammy of a really tough postseason where he suddenly became completely untrustworthy uh, struggled to control his stuff uh, came into that Astro series and was just extremely hittable and couldn't find the zone, matched with the one blow up outing this year. Uh, but from what I've seen lately, he's got his slider on a better plane. Uh, he's been as nasty as ever. Once again, in low leverage situations, I understand. I'm not saying he's closing games, I'm not saying you go to him over Britain. But after Chapman, Green, and Britain, I'd much rather see him than Holder. I, I would much rather see LeWisega than Holder too, even after Monday's uh, rough outing. Um, he's still not quite right, Loaizaga, and I'm still not sure why he went on the IL, and I don't think anyone is. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, but Adovino has shown me more than enough this season. If you close your eyes to the game, all caps, in which, by the way, Chad Green was also dreadful. Um, he's done more for me than Holder, and definitely Sessa, who, I mean, you want to talk about garbage time. When has Sessa been called in to protect a close game at any point? Um, so he's, he's still my guy. Um, and he's not you know I'm not all the way in I'm, I'm not a hundred percent in on the trust tree but it's sixth inning of a three2 game give me him overholder any day
1: for sure uh I'm gonna look I'm gonna give our guy Aaron Boone credit here love what he's been doing with Ottavino. that it, that one inning is just can impact you from a mental standpoint so drastically that you need these build build up innings and the Yankees have the bullpen to get by so use him strategically and make sure that he gets his stuff back the slider is looking tremendous now it has probably never looked as good as it has this year. Um, he's been more relaxed he hasn't had to deal with these pressure filled situations um, since first of all since that since that uh, disastrous inning 4.2 innings pitched, seven strikeouts, zero runs if you take out that disastrous six run inning without recording it out versus the blue Jays He's got a 2.60 ERA on the season. Um, The only thing that uh, concerned me about him is the strikeouts. We talked about this numerous times previously. He's not nearly striking out as many batters as he was in the past. Um, Like we said, the previous two years before this one, 200 strikeouts in 144 innings, not nearly the same uh, amount of success this year. Though, once again, we're in a shortened season. We're not going to get to see that. There's not bigger sample sizes. But nonetheless, you'd think that he'd at least still be striking out a little bit uh, striking out batters at a at a little bit of a better rate than he is uh, than he was before this, this stretch again, this stretch of games is is what, is what we're starting. This is the old auto seemingly coming back, but Boone couldn't have played this better. This is his best bullpen management I've seen all year. Um, for the most part, he has mismanaged it. I guess from a fan standpoint, we have no, once again, we're not baseball people. We have no idea what it takes to manage a team or uh, you know, uh, take care of all the moving parts Couldn't tell you I, what to I do. managed the Reds from 2004-2006 <laughs> Speak for yourself Like we said, I'd be I'd be starting a role this Chapman Like four or five times a year just for fun Because I like to have fun So once again, I know nothing But here is one thing That I think we should look out for As the postseason approaches A little sneak peek of a bullpen article we're writing For, uh, for the weekend um, Ooh. Yeah, a little sneak peek, sneak peek. I think, look You're going into the postseason, regardless of who you are, the stakes are up. So I think if we're adding Adovino into later pressure-filled situations, it's going to double the amount of pressure on him. Because if he's not getting, he's not, he's probably not going to get those innings before the year ends. Maybe he'll get, you know, maybe he'll get it against the Marlins. But like, is that really a challenge? Not not really. Um, So the intensity is already going to be up. I don't think you need to double the intensity by bringing him in, you know, the 7th inning clinging on to a one-run lead against the Twins. What I do think, however, is that he's proven to keep his pitch count down. 61 pitches over his last four innings, that's not bad. That's that's 15 pitches an inning. If he can keep that efficiency going in the postseason, I think if a starter gets tired or a starter's getting, you know, kind of knocked around, but our offense is keeping the game close. So say, you know, we throw hypothetically Jay Hap one game. He gives up, you know, five runs through four innings, but you know, the lineup scores five or six and we still have it bring in Otto for the fifth and the sixth, let him pitch two innings. We got a comfy lead. It's not entirely a high leverage situation. Cause it's a little bit earlier in the game. He'll get more innings under his belt because he does need more work. All relievers need a little bit more work this year as well. Um, and that'll help save, Green, Britton, and Chapman, hypothetically, um, and even Loisaga, if he can get back on track for games that are going to be more, you know, impactful when they're going to have to pitch multiple days in a row, because once again, no days off in the ALDS and ALCS. So that's my thought about this. Um, because of the added pressure, the, 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 the inherent added pressure that comes with just pitching in the postseason in general. I don't want to throw him into the fire like that, but I think giving him a couple innings like in the middle of the game could go a long way. I don't know.
0: I love it. And I do. I mean, you, you met, you hit the nail on the head talking about Boone's plan. It's hard to plan for these type of things, but one thing I've loved, you know, he's getting him low leverage outings, but he's also gotten him this week, two outings in a row in Buffalo mm-hmm. on the same mound where disaster happened. It, like, it, you know, think about your greatest failure, right? Like, revisiting that it hurts it's hard uh it's certainly not low leverage no matter what the score if you're in the same like if you're in your middle school you just got rejected by your crush you go back to school the next day and you're just like taking a spanish test like it doesn't matter what the leverage is you're still thinking about what happened the day prior uh does that make any sense am i insane perfect sense so but you bring them into the same not the same situation but the same you know everything looks the same same batter same uniform same Mm -hmm. stadium Same wind, same weird conditions, uh, and two shutout innings in a row, uh, back-to-back days. So that's sort of the last thing I needed to see from him. Uh, That's sort of a cursed building. He'll never have to go back there. But he's already sort of conquered that uh, mental image, and I think that's awesome. Um, So before we go, we're going to talk about two slight concerns, uh, just flagging things for the postseason that you're probably not thinking about, um, uh, but a little buffoonery that we just have to mention. First off, um, NJ.com had a really interesting piece this week that mentioned the taxi squad. Uh, there's a million reasons why this season is unlike any other season. Um, and one of them is that there is a big group of, you know, Yankees who are quarantined uh, in hotels. You know, the Yankees are trying to go to the postseason bubble. They pretty much already started their lockdown. Aaron Judge is not a fan. That's kind of weird. Uh, bubbles necessary. <laughs> Aaron, I understand it's not your favorite thing, but you have to do it. Um, so there's a bunch of major league Yankees in a bubble. But in order to keep the the taxi squad rolling and have the same insurance they had during the regular season in Scranton, they're going to have to quarantine 30 players in Scranton for a month and a half with very little chance of ever making the major league roster. They're like, these players are only there for insurance purposes, but they're necessary this season because if you lose someone, you're going to have to replace them with a taxi squad guy um, who's gone through the same medical protocols. Like these people can't be... Loosey goosey on the home front in case they get called. Um, And Brian Cashman mentioned that a lot of those guys uh, have no interest in doing so. Um, And it's prospects and it's bona fide major leaguers like Matt Duffy and backup catcher Rob Brantley uh, and relievers like Ryan Buchter. It's you know so we don't know who is. Uh, you know, not in favor of staying locked down. Also, it, it's Yankees. It's guys like Mike Ford and Miguel Andujar who are out there right now. Um, and Andujar was was upset and his agent was upset uh, about a week ago when he was demoted. So Andujar's camp is not thrilled right now. Um, so some of those guys in the taxi squad are refusing to participate in the postseason lockdown. We get it. Uh, wish we knew who it was, um, but that's gonna probably even if it doesn't affect this postseason, affect the standing going forward of at least some people in the organization who we do view as legitimate prospects. Like people on the taxi squad are all like mostly veterans and top guys like, like Clark Schmidt. So if there's rabble rousing going on, it's not great for this fall, but it's also not great for 2021.
1: Absolutely not. And I don't blame these guys one bit because if you look at it, they could just have to quarantine for six weeks and then not get on the big league roster for the playoffs and then not get voted for a playoff share. So they would just be sitting there doing Jack shit away from their families. Um, and I know that's a, certainly a bigger concern for more veteran players for guys like, you know, maybe Albert Abreu, Clark Schmidt, uh, Tyro Estrada, uh, Miguel Yahore, like it's different for those guys, but you know, uh, oh, at the end of the, first of all, a uh, little correction there. Uh, this taxi squad is going to get um, reduced to a 12 man. Uh, yeah. 12 men. Uh, there's 29 people there. The Yankees choose 12 men for the taxi squad for the postseason. Um, that number, I guess would seem achievable. I don't know if every single player, he said, he said, quote, that uh, some of them said, you know what? I'm not doing it. So Uh, It doesn't sound like it's an overwhelming majority of them, but it sure sounds like the Yankees are going to have much fewer players to choose from out of the 29 to make their, you know, most stout 12 man taxi squad. And, you know, truth be told, once again, we need every effective player possible and ready to go. This is a postseason unlike any other and I know it sounds dumb because yes, every team needs to be fully healthy and every team needs to have all their best players. But this has been the issue with the Yankees over the past three years. Someone's injured. Someone's dinged up. Someone's not performing, you know, to their full potential, and it ruins the entire postseason. So I'm not saying these guys are going to make a huge difference, but it's—you know, it, it'd be nice if, you know, God forbid somebody got hurt or the bullpen's overworked or, Jesus, if somebody gets COVID. But, I mean, you got to put that out there because it's a possibility. I'm not putting that negative energy out there. I'm just putting that out there because – It's real life right now, Um, but I don't blame these guys for not wanting to do it, especially because we've seen so many people go back and forth between the alternate site and the MLB roster, and now that the team is coming into focus and getting healthy, and things are starting to ramp up, you look at it, and you're like, I'm not going to get the call here, so why am I going to sit in the middle of Pennsylvania for the next six weeks? I don't know. Potential problem, especially for next year, but move on. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we get a good crew of guys for the 12 man squad. And, and that's that. Yeah. You,
0: you just don't know. And you, you hope know. that the people who are agitating are, are people, you know, you hope that they're not actually agitating that cash quote kind of overstated it. Uh, you know what? I'm out. It's pretty blunt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cash was kind of a bad guy. So who knows? Um, the one other issue, we do have to address uh, in Tuesday night's game, Aaron Boone put a pitcher into the game who was not on the roster for the game. Uh, and that guy couldn't pitch. Tyler Lyons, uh, who you might remember from inexplicably making the 2019 postseason roster. Um, My dad did not remember. I checked in yesterday and said, can you believe you got Tyler Lyons back? He goes, I have memory hold this guy. I don't remember this guy at all. I was like, he's in a playoff game. We went to the playoff game, remember? Um, But yeah, Tyler Lyons uh, inexplicably uh, called up yesterday um, after Ben Heller went to the IL and Michael King was uh, demoted off the roster. Uh, Michael King can't come back for the remainder of the regular season unless there's an injury. Don't think he'll be part of the postseason. Uh, Hasn't shown us enough to be this year. Going to have to work on some stuff. But Tyler Lyons was called up, and his name somehow did not make it to the official roster card that went to the umpires. And therefore, Tyler Lyons came in after warming up in full, then was taken off the mound, walked to the dugout, shrugged, left the field, never came back. Zach Britton had to warm up. Uh, I was kind of surprised that they gave Britain all that extra time to warm up, honestly, because they couldn't the Blue Jays. I mean, they they challenged a home run in a, in a 10-1 or 11-1 game. Couldn't they have just been like the Yankees just they just fucked up. Like, why are you giving them extra time? Like, they this is, in now.
1: put yeah, if this is a close game, you do that. But I mean, you're going to challenge the home run and then you're going to do this like Montoya would be the least like manager in the league after that. Um, yeah, he. I mean, Kevin Cash is still in the league, so he's yeah. always going to be fighting for that number two
0: spot. Alex Cora could come back this offseason too. Um, yeah, yeah. The AL East managers are, are the absolutely worst. Um, it'd be, but it'd be yeah, dumb. Tyler. Yeah. How about that? I mean, just you, you. gotta. You gotta. You gotta shrug it off. You know, it's probably not going to happen in the postseason. I don't think you're ever going to encounter that situation again. Uh, Boone after the game said he, he MLB. He put the blame on MLB. He Said MLB is responsible for filling out those roster cards. I know the transaction processed at 4.52 p.m. Uh, yeah, because Brian Hoke told me that. So that's, that's about a, – it's a little under two hours before first pitch. You, you had the time to get it in there. Um, not sure if this is Boone's fault, if he's thrown somebody else under the bus, but uh, I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, I want to say you, you're you not going to see that every day or ever again, but the Blue Jays did it like a month ago. So this is the second time it's happened yeah. this year. So you might see it again. I don't know.
1: Some poor intern in the MLB office just bit, just screwing up the clerical work and and – coming into the spot and you know you're more in the spotlight here with something happening with the Yankees good for Boone for calling out MLB though screw those guys they're they're just not doing anything right if you can't something's going on if you're not if you're now botching lineup cards twice in the same year I know that this is a little bit more of a complicated situation but it was funny to see because Lions went to the dugout and he was just cracking up and was like whatever but nonetheless it was good to see Britton get in there because he had only pitched one inning since September 13th I know theoretically we probably could have maybe used him in a higher leverage situation today or tomorrow. Um, But then that also allowed Otto to get an inning too, if that was, you know, unless that was the original plan. So it ended up working out a little bit disappointing because this is literally what Tyler Lyons was called up for to mop up in garbage time when the Yankees are dominating by 10 runs or losing by 10 runs. Uh, So the blueprint plan was, right there in front of us and somebody just screwed up by filling out the lineup card incorrectly. So, I mean, if that doesn't encapsulate 2020, uh, I'm not really sure what else will, but that, that seems par for the course right now. Least of our worries. Dumb dumb mistake, least of our worries.
0: Dumb, dumb, dumb. I mean, I'm a
1: psycho. I'd rather see Britain in there anyway. And
0: I want to see Chapman in Wednesday's game, regardless of the score. That's just me. You know, you get it. You start tripping into this, and you're like, well, Chapman doesn't need to come in today either. Well, high leverage, no. Low leverage, we're losing by a lot. And then suddenly it's been like a week and a half, and he's throwing 93, and I'm mm-hmm. at Rosario's walking him off. So uh, bring Chapman in Wednesday. Bring these pitchers in for the end of the week. Let's get him ready. Let's get him as ready as Cole is. Uh, we're locked in, and we hope you are too. That is it for this episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Remember to find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, the iTunes, and Google Uh, and Spotify, anywhere that you do listen to your podcast, make sure to drop us a line. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, I am Adam Weinrib, and you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib.
1: And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And for the rest of the games, for the rest of the season, we're on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Come hit us up.
0: Please do. Until Friday, we'll
1: see you. Goodbye, everyone. flow from progressive
0: you know me i'm a huge football fan but it can be stressful for us super fans so progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net just think about how home court explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies well hope this distraction about progressive's home court explorer was helpful it sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit anyway go sports
1: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates comparison rates not available in all states or situations prices vary based on how you buy